everything technology from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Well, hello again. You may have just finished listening to episode 346A or or your podcast app may have downloaded them together and you might be listening to this first. Well, that'll be confusing. No, it won't be because I won't refer back to anything that was in there. <laughs> I just thought about that. I thought if I publish them at the same time, maybe I'll stagger them by a day. I might do that. We'll see. Uh, episode 346 split into two. Episodes uh, A and B. Here from CES 2017. Uh, lots of great gadgets on show, lots of great things to see as always, and more importantly, as always, we do the show thanks to the good people at Garmin Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology and Alcatel, uh, great supporters of your tech life and uh, of what we do here at EFTM. Um, thanks for their support. Uh, the CES coverage of, of, EFT, of the EFTM coverage of CES uh, has been supported in in some way by a bunch of companies, Samsung, Hisense, Sony, Intel, 360 Fly, Alcatel, Nissan, Vodafone, and Huawei, to name just a few. Uh, we appreciate their support. It's how we make uh, such extensive coverage happen, and I'm, I'm without question pleased to and proud to say uh, we've put on Australia's biggest coverage of this, uh, this great show across the radio, across television, across online. Um, it's what we do, and it's what we love doing, so it's been great bringing it to you. On this um, part of the CES show, we're going to talk to Ben McIntosh from Vodafone, who's their uh, general manager of sales. Interesting to talk to someone about why they're here. Um, why would a company like Vodafone be here? I uh, spoke to Andy Penn on, on the, on the uh, first episode uh, here at CES. Um, we'll also talk to Andre from Hisense about their new range of TVs. They're really stepping up this year and, and entering the premium market uh, with Hisense. We'll talk to Nick Seger, who's the distributor of eHang and 360 Fly products in Australia. Probably really interesting to find out whether CES is still relevant. Kind of struggled with that question a bit over the last uh, three weeks. Just, you know, wondering whether or not I've gone overboard. But I'm I'm supremely confident that CES is as relevant, if not more relevant, than ever. And we'll catch up with someone from the uh, the CES, the, the, the Consumer Technology Association, who put on the CES show. Um, just about how big it is, how big it was, and... What a success it is. I'm sure it'll all be positive. Um, uh, time for reflection will come later for them, um, but lots, uh, lots of great things to, to discuss with them too. As I said, we do it all thanks to Garmin and Alcatel here on Your Tech Life. It might sound crazy what I'm about to say But Uh, a little bit after nine in the morning. The show doors have just opened here at CES on day four. Um, for some reason, um, most Australian journalists have left Las Vegas. The show's still on. 
I don't know how you could leave without seeing everything and you could never see anything even if there was 10 days of the show. But we're still here. Um, there's still things to see. There's still articles to write. And they'll all be at eftm.com.au. You can follow us all uh, on social at EFTM and you'll probably find us all there through the retweets and the, the links. So check that out and follow our adventures of CES as we do each year, a daily video series um, produced by the outstanding Rob Locke who uh, runs uh, Food Wine Dine, a great Instagram and Twitter account for foodies and food lovers and uh, business traveller. Uh, he loves his travel, he loves his aviation. You'll find um, beautiful aviation photos as well on Instagram under Business Traveller. Rob's the creative genius who puts together um, uh, the EFTM video series here at CES. So we'll kick off this show again with another guest in the studio, um, I wanted to catch up with Ben McIntosh, not just to thank him for his support of our coverage, but to um, but to understand maybe a little bit about the relevance of CES and also a little bit about um, the reality of things like the smart home uh, and 5G. Well, I'm joined in the studio by Ben McIntosh, who's Director of Sales at Vodafone. Welcome, mate. Welcome to Las Vegas. Welcome to CES. Thank you for having me once again. Do you love being here? It's a great show. This is my 15th. Yeah. And I love coming here every year. It's the scene setter for the whole industry for the year, and I love being here. Do you find that some people love it every year, and some people begrudge coming here every year? Oh, look, I think deep down people begrudge coming, but yeah. most people love it. It's yeah. Vegas. It's a great time of year. There's parties everywhere. If you're into that, people love it. Yeah. But it's just a great show to walk around. It sets the scene for the industry for the whole year. Yeah. Um, you know, other other shows during the during the year, but CS is the one that sets the tone. Yeah. Before we talk about CS specifically, let's let's just reflect back on 2016. Good year for Vodafone? A very good year, actually. It's one of the years we've been uh, very, very proud of. And without getting into details of financials, etc., one of the things we're most proud of, or two things uh, more importantly, is one of our, our customer service metrics, right. our net promoter score. So yep. all customers get surveyed by a third-party company, hmm. and we end up with what's called a net promoter score, which is basically where customers are either promoting us or recommending us to their friends. Whether they're ambivalent or whether they're going to say, yeah, you should, you should be a Vodafone yeah, correct, customer. Correct, yep. and we hit the top of the industry back in October. Wow. Um, more importantly... The turnaround for us over the years from, you know, from the past to today is just world-class and it's something yeah, that we're really happy of. And then, of course, our network continues to, to improve and deliver yep. and um, it's not just what we say, it's our ind- independent testers are saying the same thing. So yeah. something we're continually proud of and happy to come to work every day. So what does that mean for 2017? Does that make it harder because Inyaki uh, sets a higher <laughs> customer service goal, he sets a higher sales goal? Does it make it harder when success continues like that? No, actually, I find it the opposite. I think momentum's really, really good. Once you've got it, it's a lot easier to, to continue. Yeah, right. We just focus on getting the, sim- the simple, basic things right. And, mm. you know, what? If I, if I come to work every day knowing that the majority of people with me are wanting to look after customers, mm. then the rest takes care of itself, to be honest. What did you notice about the Australian mobile industry in 2016? I'll, I'll tell you what I think. I noticed that, A, Telstra came to a, to a new level in terms of price. They seem to have gone, we, we're too expensive, and they lowered themselves, which was a revolution because, you know, for them to offer the amount of data they're offering at the price kind of was a bit, wow, that's unexpected. Um, we didn't see, I don't think we saw a huge change in the way we service customers in terms of plans and things, but we did see a, a huge growth in data. Um, what was the significant thing for you in terms of the change in the way we, we do mobile in 2016? Yeah, for the industry, I don't think there was anything uh, fundamentally different, so I'll hmm. probably agree with you there. Competition certainly sparked up. 
Bit of competition so, in the lower end, though. Correct. Probably, co- probably Telstra well, Office, Vodafone I see. here, and then a bunch of, whether they're MVNOs or whatever you want to call them. I think if you reflect on the whole industry, if I'll steal something from our illustrious Prime Minister, yeah. it's never been a better time to be a mobile phone consumer. <laughs> I think you are getting True. good bang for your buck at the moment. Yeah. And competition's a great thing, and that yeah. keeps everyone on their toes. And the end result for that is good deals for customers. I don't think there's been any fundamental yeah. um, shift. I, I think that, that will come in time. You've only got to walk this show to c- continue to see the, yeah. the automotive hall that we're in being getting yep. bigger and bigger. Um, and things will come eventually, but 2016 was the year of the great deal for the consumer. Yeah, and so does 2017 the year that these IoT, Internet of Things devices, the smart home, um, uh, all those sort of things start to become mainstream for companies like Vodafone? Because A, you need to be competitive in a place where other competitors are offering products, and B, you know, you're the connection between the products and, and, the, and the cloud in many cases. Correct. Uh, look, I think 2017 is going to be the year of the commercial IoT offering. Yep. I think the, the B2B or the, you know, the business between business and, mm. and the, the, yeah, the best way to describe it is the commercial Internet of Things will certainly take off yep. in 2017. I'm not sure the consumer or the household... IoT for 2017, but you can definitely see it's coming. Yeah, I think the the best. It's a, you know, it's really uh, to be honest, that's a really honest uh, view because a lot of people want to hype up things like that. Yeah, but in reality, <clears throat> I've got plenty of IoT devices at home. Correct. But mate, I have to re- reset them. It's, it's still early. It's a very yeah, look, early days for this I, stuff. So I don't want to get myself into trouble with any of our illustrious business no, partners. No, no. But there are brands out there that have, for example, washing machines that you can remotely turn on. Yeah, amazing. Now, that's great, awesome technology, and I'm certainly not criticising them. However, until we can work out how to load the washing machine and how to put detergent in, (laughs) it's really not all that effective, and I can't see my mum and dad adopting that technology or going, wow, we must do this. People will, and early adopters will, and that's important because that's how technology comes along. Mm. But I think definitely for the B2B, you know, the water meters, the electricity meters, the wow, yeah. farming technology, yep. things that Vodafone Australia are leading the way. And, and mm. most, people, most of your listeners would probably wouldn't, know. Know. wouldn't even know that. Yeah, but you've probably got teams of people we working have on that. Hun- yeah. literally hundreds of people investing tens of millions of dollars in making sure that the farms can be irrigated properly. Right. Um, to make sure that the electricity meters are, are, are you know, you have to, have to manually come yeah. and um, check the gas meters, the electricity Which meters, is an efficiency for the electricity company. So it means accuracy for consumers. Correct. There's a bunch of reasons for Correct. it we don't see or need to see. Correct. Yeah. Now, I think the automotive IoT will be something that will come along really quickly. Yeah. Um, the best quote I've had this show so far is we're moving from an information technology generation to a intelligence technology. Yeah. It's a big word this year, time. intelligence, in, in many many senses, and artificial intelligence. Exactly right. Things. And for your listeners, the best way to describe it is if you have a car full of safety features, so if you have an accident, it protects you, that's the information technology era. Right. The intelligence era is you don't need to have safety stuff in your car because the car will not allow you to have an accident. Right, of course. Now, all the sensors and all those types of things, instead of having sensors that work reactively to protect you like an airbag, Yep. You have sensors that stop you from needing the airbag in the first place. And that's that's where I think we're heading. That's not 2017, but the technology is emerging now for a 2020 era. Well, I mean, you you mentioned um, before to me off air that you hadn't even walked the floor yet. You've been in meetings and things. This this hall here, it's interesting. This hall where in the North Hall is normally, was five years ago, it was just accessories and a couple of car companies. Correct. Um, last year, it was a lot of car companies. This year, it's a little bit less, but a lot of car uh, ancillary companies. NVIDIA is here. 
Correct. instead of down with gaming. And Correct. there's companies here with, with the intelligent boxes that Correct. will drive this stuff. It's very interesting how it is that kind of third-party, um, behind-the-scenes uh, automotive technology that is Correct. going to drive the car companies to do those things that you're talking about. Correct. You know, I said before, could I imagine my mum and dad switching to a washing machine that turns on remotely? Probably not. Yeah. Could I see them buying a car that stops them from having an accident? Probably, yes. You betcha. Yeah. And that's the... I think automotive is... Cars are in people's hearts. They're in people's... Mm. The people love cars. Yeah. And, you know, if that's where the technology is going to emerge, so be it. Yeah. And the good old telco needs to uh, deliver that information. So we talked about the internet of things and we talked about the fact that it may be not uh, a, a mass consumer thing not yet. soon. It's absolutely going to be our future. Absolutely. But in terms of the smart home, um, is that something Vodafone needs to get into quickly uh, for the consumer so that you're seen as being not just a telco, uh, a connected provider? Yeah, look, I'm very, I'm very conscious of the fact that a lot of our work is behind the scenes. Mm. I can assure you and your listeners we are uh, well and truly up with the technology behind yep. the scenes. Yep. Um, it is one of the things we're wanting to do at the right time to make sure it's not a waste of our resources and our effort, etc. Yep. Yep. However, yes, it, the smart home is an, is an inevitability. Mm. Therefore, Vodafone Australia will be into it very soon and we're going to do it right and we're going to do it the most simple, efficient way for the customer. What does 5G mean to, to the average consumer? Just a, a, a far-off dream right now? Because we hear it, we're starting to hear it a lot. You did some trials this year, as did the other telcos. What does it really mean for a consumer and, and when does it hit consumers? Okay, so take away all the technical... That's for we'll get all our technical guys to come and speak to you, etc. Yeah, yeah. They can talk cows again, etc. Five G means it is not a pipe dream; it is a reality. Yeah. We've already tested it. Yeah. We're, we're right up there with the. We're investigating the best way to approach it. Yeah. It means it turns us from a megabit society to a gigabit society. Right. So you're literally talking about, you know, realistically being able to watch movies, download them as you're watching them, streaming having information at the, at the cusp of your hand at all times, mm. um, you know, operate, having driverless cars. It's, it's, the, it's going to be the content to make sure that all these types of future technologies work. Mm. At the moment, what it means is a lot faster data yeah. than 4G. That's what it means at the moment. What, it, what it's going to enable is going to be the future of households. And critically, 5G is faster, it's better. But it doesn't mean fast. It does mean faster movie downloads, but that's not the reason for it. It's really about powering Correct. those other things. That, that, that Correct. Will, faster movie downloads will simply be uh, a, fringe a, a fringe benefit of, of having uh, connected car technology and those kind of things. Correct. 5G will enable um, intelligence in our information. Mm. It'll, it'll enable all the things we want to do in the future that we're seeing now, such as the cars that don't have accidents, yeah. such as driverless cars, such as home security that is live at all times. Yeah. That is what 5G will drive and, and deliver content for. Yeah. Um, before I let you go, I should say, uh, I should thank you for your support of the coverage that we've been putting on here as a team. Uh, we've been roaming, uh, there's seven of us, and we're all roaming with Vodafone. I'm a, I'm a Vodafone customer, so I'm doing it on my own sim. But do you know what? Aside from the fact that you, you're a supporter, and, and we, we do appreciate it, it is stunning to me how... Different it is for people who are roaming and who are not roaming here. And I, you know, I'm not a stupid bloke. I, I look at all my competitors and other people in the space. It's interesting to watch how disconnected other people are when they're not able to roam freely. It's, a, it's yep. still so restricted on other carriers. We're really, really proud of this product. It's something that the marketers hasn't been able to match. 
But, you know, Trevor, you can tell the people who are with us and who are not yeah, yeah. at the uh, customs areas of LAX Airport, yes. which you've got to go, go through Los Angeles to get here. Yeah. Uh, the people looking at their emails, reading the newspaper, catching up are the people on Vodafone. There's yeah. quite a few of them. Yeah. And the people that are looking stressed and trying to not uh, t- uh, cost themselves a lot of money are the people not with us. Yeah. Five <laughs> looking for the day settings. Roaming yeah, yeah. is a fantastic offer and was something we're really, really proud of. And it's interesting because we often talk about it as a data thing, but just, just forget data for a moment. No, yeah. It's actually just a great thing for calls. I said last night to the boys I said after the dinner I said I'm just going to go and ring the family because I can ring my wife it's a local call it's just a normal call because home is Australia and home is the country that I'm in you're roaming like you're at home it's it's a 60 countries you just use your phone like you would at home Mm. it's not just about data it's about calls texts WhatsApp, all those types of things yeah. you normally use at home. Yeah. 60 countries, bring the phone, use it as you do at home, five bucks a day. It's a bargain. Great product, and I said thank you for your support. Uh, good luck actually getting to see the show now here at CES. Oh, this is the day I'm doing it. Hope you got your walking shoes on and, and a step counter because uh, today's the day for it. Thank you very much. Ben, thanks very much for your time. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Garmin. And uh, if you're a golfer, you'll love the Approach G10. This is a clip-on. Uh, golf data device. Clip-on device fits anywhere, preloaded with more than 40,000 golf courses around the world, displays distances on the front, back and middle of the green, plus hazards. Green view display shows the shape of the green with manual pin placements and the digital scorecard easily lets you keep track of your score throughout each round. So imagine you're a golfer who wants to play better, a golfer who wants to put the right shot in the right spot with far more consistency but you don't want to spend a fortune to get there. The Approach G10 is a clip-on golf GPS device that might just be your answer. And it's a cool price, only $200. The Approach G10. Just clip it on your belt, clip it on your bag, whatever you like. You'll get a great round summary. You get free course updates, and it's a simple and durable device. It's IPX7 water-rated. Uh, features a long-running lithium-ion battery to carry you through the rounds, all those extra holes, so you can easily enjoy a whole weekend of golf with up to 15 hours in full GPS mode before the battery needs to be recharged. Check out the Approach G10 from Garmin at garmin.com.au. We're on the show floor at CES with Andre Unuzzi from Hisense. G'day, Andre. How are you, mate? Great, Trevor. Thank you for having me. Well, this is uh, several years in a row we've been here together, and mm. it does keep getting better and better for Hisense. We talked only a month or two ago on the show about where Hisense has been, but just let's recap a bit on 2016. Big year for Hisense. Yep, huge year. We've uh, we've grown a, a huge amount of market share across Australia. Specifically for us, it was a year of launching ULED technology, so it was a big, big year for us, and the consumers embraced our march forward in, in I guess, more of that that higher aspirational category that we want to hit. So really improving and democratizing that technology for the consumer in 4K. Uh, and just, yeah, consumers embraces, which was and fantastic. Thing, and it's a weird thing, but for me, when I see a TV and I rave about it, I do get a bit nervous sometimes that I might have gone like too far, but you, you did get a lot of rave reviews for the 2016 range. Yep, we absolutely did. I think on count, we ran, we probably ranked, uh, well not ranked, but we actually got about six different separate reviews in, yeah. uh, and, and obviously just yeah, commending the uh, the ULED technology itself. Yeah. But yeah, on par with a lot of the leading brands that are out there, and in some cases actually uh, going beyond that. So for us, it's a, it's a really, uh, it reinforces what we're actually doing as a strategy, and it's fantastic to see. So, so as a, a senior person uh, here from Hisense, this show is not about consumers. This is not about public. They're, they're here to, there's some people here who don't seem like they should not be here. Not a lot of public. That's yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but this is about Harvey Norman, JB Hi-Fi, the good guys, these yep. kind of people being here, walking around going, right, well, the deals are done here. This is where you're saying to them, this is what we think you should be doing with our TVs this year. This is how we think our TVs sit. 
how do those conversations go at a joint like this? Because they're busy. They've got a lot to see. Yeah, are they res- are they responsive immediately to what you're doing, or does it take a bit of time to, to work through the yeah. I don't know the reaction from the retailers? Good question. So uh, actually, if you look at that retail channel management for us, the conversation for the year ahead. Yeah. So if you look at 2016, 17 ranges, or even beyond, the conversations actually start in October. So while a lot of consumers are looking at what to buy for Christmas, we're already obviously planning for the the year beyond that. So you start those conversations, and well then they're beyond. ready when they come here to That's see. Cool the fruits of that conversation and your labor. Absolutely. So really when it, when consumer, obviously retailers and uh, JB Hi-Fi's and Harvey's and good guys and the rest of obviously the important retailers in Australia come here, it really, it shows them that physicality of the product in person. And that's a big, big aspect because- You can say it looks better and the design's different, but absolutely. until they see it in the flesh. 100%. I mean, you're ever going to make decisions on spreadsheets, but really as consumers know, it's, re- it's, it's a product that sits in the home. So it's extremely important that the design and the technology and the actual picture quality itself all come together and make sense. So then let's talk about 2017 and what people will see in stores yep. a little later this year. Uh, obviously 2016's TV was excellent. You need to take that a step ahead. Everyone has to. Yep. So let's start at the, the Series 7. Yep. Um, what, what's different in 2017 for your I, I'm trying not to use the word base model, but for the for the for the entry level high sense TV, yep. what's different from last year to this year? Yep. So if you look at 2006, uh, 2016, for us our most premium model was the Series Seven ULED TV. So it's 4K HDR enabled. Yep. Uh, so what we've actually done this year is we're actually launching a new uh, smart platform called VDU, customizable smart platform. We've now uh, part that you mean the interface? Yes. That's right. So when you press the menu button or the remote, you're getting a better looking screen. You're Correct. getting a, a different user interface, easier to use. Yeah. Yep, more streamlined, easier to use. We've brought on some new content partners with Stan. We're also in discussions with Amazon at the moment. So really for 2016, that was our, the, two th- the Series 7 was our most premium range. So what we're doing in 2017 to step it up, as you say, is a really important part for us is launching into a Series 8. So we're obviously raising the bar in terms of where the brand is sitting. So we're, uh, consumers are demanding it from us and we actually need to deliver. So Series 8 for us is going to be available in a 55 and a 65 inch. So that will be a thousand nits, which basically means you receive a UHD premium certification. It means we can watch Netflix HDR. You've got a Blu-ray player with HDR. You're going to get the, the true output from that, that content. Absolutely. And not only that, so really you could talk about picture quality, but the actual product itself needs to stack up in design. So we've got a basically a very, very uh, slim bezel design, very high end, and uh, and really you need to see it to believe it. So and from there, we're actually stepping it up to Series 9. So Series 9 from then will be a much bigger size, so we're focusing on 75 and 85 inch. 85 inch television will be sold in Australia this year. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, consumers... It's not fitting in anyone's car. <laughs> it will be home delivered. I can guarantee that. <laughs> but yeah, for us, the uh, the large screen is a big driving force for consumers in Australia and around the world. It's really re- it's rejuvenated the, the television space as well as our important content partners. So for us, that entire mix is going to really bring us a fantastic 2017. We're very excited for it. So 2017 is going to see uh, more, more TVs because you're going to have Series 7, Series 8, Series 9, in the in the early day you're going to have uh, more range you're going to have 55 65 75 85 so is your mentality that you want to you want people to be able to walk into a store and say regardless of what is in their kicker whatever what their budget is regardless of the size of their lounge room or their desire there is a high sense product that will meet their needs. Is that the plan? That is absolutely the plan. So if you look at it, our, our, I guess how we've actually performed in market and why we've been so successful is because we've actually lowered the bar- barrier of entry for consumers to access the latest technology. And that has absolutely 
hit the right notes for the consumers, and we've seen we've seen the fruits of that. So, what we're doing this year is, although that's worked very well, and we're not absolutely not walking away from that, consumers are still demanding some higher end products from us in that series eight and nine. I forgot to mention, but series nine will also have quantum dot technology. Um, so, for us, it's it's really giving consumers what they're asking for and providing actually what they what they want. It's enormous. 85 inches is enormous. You it's haven't good. even got one here. I'm standing next to a 75 <laughs> and I thought that was too big. There is a 98 inch 8K, but yeah. we're, that's uh, that's a CES showpiece. That's not something I didn't want to think about. So <laughs> so how do you then go into the year now, now that you've, you've got your product range, you're obviously pretty excited about the retailer expectations. Um, how do you set up the year? Because you know, the, you've done a lot of work on the brand uh, mm. over the years. We talked about it a while ago. Um, there's still an evolution there. Is there still more work to be done? Uh, do you take it now in a marketing sense or is it more you know, Red Bull style sponsor? ships coming up that, that grows the brand in people's minds because it's really just a mind game now isn't it well yeah for us i mean we, we are delivering on the product and the technology and the design which is fantastic but the work the marketing work is absolutely never done so for us we're it's a continued work of marketing so increasing our, our exposure to our basically getting our brand out there in more in an advertising sense so really the brand is maturing we've got to mature with it and we've got to actually got to get better actually sending the message out to consumers. So that's a huge focus for us. We're looking forward to Grand Prix this year in uh, middle of March, working with uh, Red Bull and uh, the guys at, uh, yeah, obviously, Daniel Ricciardo on the team there. So we're going to be, uh, yeah, doing some exciting stuff. We're looking forward to talking to you about that. Very good. I can't wait. Uh, Melbourne is always a fun event. And, uh, yeah, High Sense is on the on the nose of the Red Bull Racing Daniel Ricciardo car, that's which right. is fantastic. Side pod as well. But, yeah. oh, very nice, very nice. So, look. It's a big show. Um, the show's only open today. That's the weird thing, right? That's right. Yeah, just day just one. lastly, walk me through your day at the show because you're talking to me. You're talking to a bunch of media, I'm guessing. Yep. Are you also the guy that has to talk to the buyers? I mean, are you just on 24-7 here in Vegas? No, thankfully, I've, we've got a fantastic sales team. So for me, it's uh, we've got a, we've actually got a team of five guys from uh, from Australia, which is, uh, which is a, a you know, a big, uh, big support yeah. team. But yeah, we've got, uh, as you mentioned earlier, we've got the retail channels. I'm in charge of uh, the marketing. And I actually, there's a lot of cooperation with a lot of different markets. Yeah. Hisense being a global brand. So there's a huge amount of coordination across that. Uh, but yeah, for me, it's uh, marketing, PR, talking to some amazing journalists in, uh, in Australia. And, uh, in oh, when do you get to see them? Take that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're funny, man. Well, Andre, it's a pleasure catching up with you. It's, uh, it's like an annual thing for us now to catch up here at CS, but uh, you've done wonders with the brand, wonders with the product, and I'm sure 27 will be, 2017 will be even better than 2016. Well, thank you very much, Trevor, and thank you to consumers for uh, obviously supporting the Hisense brand. I think it's fantastic. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. All right, we're at CES and we're in probably one of the noisiest parts of CES, but that's okay because Doof Doof Music sells action cameras and things, right? So I'm here with Nick from Rise, who's a distributor of a bunch of products in Australia. And Nick, I thought I'd talk to you, mate, today because you have a different perspective on CES to me and a lot of other people here because you're actually here to find potentially products that you're going to sell uh, into retailers in Australia. Yeah, that's right. It's um, as, as well as some of the brands that we distribute, like 360 Fly and Ehang Drones, um, it's, it's opportunity to look around lots of brands that you haven't heard of with companies developing technologies that some people don't even know exist at the moment. So CES is the opportunity where everything comes together from Asian manufacturers, from American manufacturers, European, all together in one place, in one, one time. 1.7 million square feet of exhibition space. Very, very sore feet, but lots of opportunities. So uh, it's interesting, now that you say that like that, I wonder, I've heard a lot of people talk about the relevance of CES. Um, you know, I, I think it's the most relevant thing of the year for me. I get more out of it than any other thing I go to. But I think some people think that because Samsung announces phones elsewhere and Apple's not here and Microsoft's not here, I think they think that it's not relevant. But 
in reality, we're losing the point that there's 160,000 attendees here, 5,000 of them media. Yes. Figure what the media think from a distributor point of view and retailers. You know, Harvey Norman's walking around here yes. doing deals, finding stuff. This is a very important show because everyone's in one spot. Yes. It's definitely relevant, right? Oh, absolutely it's relevant. But I think in a, in a way now, a lot of the the brands that are here are the ones that you haven't heard of. And these are those are the brands that are innovating as well. They're driving the change in the market that whether it's in, in, in cameras with like say 360 cameras or different drone brands or even more established markets, there's small companies there that are driving change and innovation that are moving the bigger companies forward as well. So it's most certainly really relevant. I think more relevant than ever. And so let's talk about eHang, right? So if I think drones, I always think DJI because I own one for a start and because they've been around for a little while and they've kind of, they set that, they even set the design really for drones. But you started distributing eHang in Australia. eHang have done a fair bit over the last year, but did you find them here or did you find them, like how does a, a relationship like that come around? Because now... It's important for you to be here at CS, see them, see what's in the product pipeline. Um, is that the kind of thing that someone might find here? I, I actually did the first meeting with eHang here last year. Wow. That's actually how it came about. And they announced their passenger drone, the 184, here last year. And they announced some updates to it here. So that conversation started in January or February after the show. Was it the passenger drone that got your attention or, or their consumer drones? Well, I would... The passenger drone certainly got the attention, but the, the, the consumer drone was obviously the one that we're selling. And, and that, again, you mentioned DJI being very you know, dominant and well known in the drone space. So for us to have a drone brand, it had to be something different. And so what the Ehang Ghost Drone offered was the same functionalities as DJI, 4K video, follow me mode, all that kind of cool stuff that people want in a drone at, let's say, a, a much reduced price with easy to use functionality so that effectively anyone can fly it the vr mode and then they have a global crash protection policy you crash it three times they'll fix it for you so i was like that's a different proposition to just another drone brand and that's why it appealed to me and that's where the conversation started so so then when you look at something like 360 fly which is the other company that i know of you represent that's a now let's just call it an action cam for people that are thinking GoPros and the like, but it's a 360-degree version of that. And we've talked about it on the show. Um, obviously, now that you've been with them for a little while, you're now at the point where you're here to find out what's coming. Yeah. And so you spend your time at CS with 360 Fly going, what's happening this year, guys? Because I've got to I've keep selling the brand. It's still still Nick's job yeah. to sell the brand to JB Hi-Fi so that they keep ranging us. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And so as much as um, whether it's Ehang or 360 Fly or other brands, there's a lot of things that people see here that get reported about, but there's probably the same amount of things that people don't know about yet that are shown behind closed doors in meetings where they're saying, look, this is in development and this is what we're thinking and we'd like to gather your feedback on that. And so I had literally two meetings today that were specifically relevant to things that no one knows about yet, but will be coming later this year. And I, that's that's really exciting, I think. Yeah. So then just talk me through, and you might not be able to say in great detail, but let me understand why a brand like eHang ends up as an online-only proposition. Whereas 360 Fly, you're able to get at such prominent retail position. Is that because drones is a much more niche space and there's a price point you're trying to meet as a distributor? Partly. It also came down to, let's say, the life cycle of the product. So the Ghost Drone 2.0 has been out, is on sale in the US. It's been out for about four or five months. Um, it was the timing as well. We were coming into Christmas and a lot of the planning for Christmas with retailers is sort of locked in around august september time frame you know your catalogs are done your pricing's done you know, most things are locked in and so with ehang there was a couple of reasons there was timing there was the the life cycle of the current product which will continue on through 2017 there was a the fact that when you're doing something that's purely direct your ability to communicate 
all those features exactly the way you want them to is a lot easier. Uh, when in retailers, there are, you maybe you're up against three or four other brands, and so some of the things that you think are important that make your product stand out from its comp competition sort of get diluted down a little bit. So, have you ever? You know, and you've been in retail and distribution for a while. Have you ever? And you might not have one on top of your mind, but have you ever seen it, or, or do you think of a story where a retailer has literally just missed the mark and missed an opportunity on a product? Because it must happen. There must be retailers who aren't here this year because they didn't sign something last year, you know? Yeah. The buyer for X product at X retailer no longer works there because he literally didn't do the deal on the hot item of the year. I don't know specifically about, about that. I, I do have a lot of examples of, of, of products not being sold to their full potential because the different ways that pricing or margin is structured or incentives that people have on particular products as well. So. I mean, we have a 360 fly distributor through 190 JB Hi-Fi stores who are super, super supportive of the brand. We have great space in store, huge amount of catalog presence. For eHang, it was just a different proposition based on timing and things like that. But. And 360 just feels like it's still growing beautifully as a brand, and I don't know how much of that's involved locally, but you know, I was watching, um, Christ, the, the Virgin in-flight entertainment uh, safety message is now V8 Supercars, and there's Jamie Wincup, and he's got a 360 fly logo, and I'm going, they're literally everywhere. Yeah. Is that a big part of the strategy to make sure that, and does that help the retailer because the retailer seeing the brand everywhere, knows that it's legit, knows, knows that it's here to stay. Do the retailers buy into that whole um, you know, marketing ecosystem of, of a brand? Well, I mean, they, they want to see that you're driving awareness of the brand so that the, the product in, in stores, people are coming in and asking for names and branding. But probably the big thing for 360 video this year is around the customer education, that when people look on Facebook and they see a 360 video and they move their phone around, yeah. it, when you look at the the comments underneath that everyone's sort of giving tagging their friends and saying move your phone around look at this the, normally wow oh my god yeah exactly right but the disconnect between that experience is that they don't know how to really do it yet and so that's what I think you'll see in 360 and VR was quite big at CES last year I think the the, the sort of market sort of maturing the category coming into existence is now about educating people why they need this well, I don't know if you've seen it yet, and you may have already heard about it, but I was at LG last night. They showed me through their stand, and their new television has a 360 mode. So using the remote control, you can now, because, you know, they've got those magic remotes where you move your hand. You can now press a button and move the picture around on a YouTube 360 video. So for 360 to go mainstream into the lounge room, I think is is a really big deal for, for you guys in particular. Yeah, absolutely, and you see that... Um there's, there's obviously bigger brands in the market now with 360 cameras. There's um, the, like work in development around live streaming of 360. And I think uh, Twitter just announced recently that they've got 360 live streaming. So I, other social media platforms works in development as well. So it is really at that point where 360 uh, cameras and stuff were, were really well publicized last year and promoted in, you know, obviously people like yourself have done a lot of coverage in 360 brands, 360 camera brands. But this year I think is the year where customers will start to understand why they need it a lot more. So so you're across drones, you're across probably one of the most revolutionary camera technologies in a long time. You've had your meetings today. What's uh, what's Nick going to go looking for uh, in the next day or so at CES on the show floor? Is there is there a place you're going to head for first? I mean, why don't you go left of field, Internet of Things, Smart Home? Is, is there something that, that gets you, get you going? Smart Home, I think, is, is you've, you've nailed it there. I think that's one of the ones where if you look at 
I've only briefly been into that area, but there are a lot of innovation and smart smart home devices coming. I've got a couple of meetings tomorrow around that space. But um, I think that's one of the really exciting uh, parts to this year where you've got faster internet being rolled out across Australia. You've got connected homes and that's probably one of the areas I think is probably going to be a bit of walking around looking at that tomorrow. So, Nick Seger, 360 Fly, eHang, but the distribution company is Rise. Thanks for your time, mate. Enjoy, see you. Yeah, thank you very much, Trevor, and you too. Talking technology without the jargon. Your Tech tech Life with Trevor Long. Well, don't think you can argue that CES is a very relevant show. Um, If you listen to Nick Seger, who this time last year shook hands uh, with the people from eHang for the first time and began the discussions about bringing their drones into Australia and they are now on sale just 12 months later, Um, those are the deals that are done. That's why CES is relevant. So very interesting stuff. Uh, Before we talk to... uh, Someone from the Consumer Electronics Show itself, um, I just want to say again, I, um, I, I appreciate the feedback and support we get on social media, but we love it uh, so much. It's a kind of adrenaline pump to get the tweets and emails from people. We, we do see them all. Sometimes we, maybe we don't retweet or reply or like, but um, we see them all. Um, so if you've got any feedback on the coverage, if you want to just say hi, do jump on the social. Um, go to Twitter, twitter.com forward slash EFTM. Uh, EFTM is our Twitter account. The whole team will see that because they've all got access to it on their phones. Um, obviously, our individual accounts, G Quattromani, The Bowen, and Trevor Long, among the others. Um, it's always great to hear what you think about the, the stories. Uh, give us your feedback on the stories. We're not big fans of the comments uh, on stories. I mean, you can leave comments on our articles, no problem at all. But I love the immediacy of social media. So don't ever hesitate to say that you love or hate what we're doing. If you're going to hate, say it nicely um, and potentially privately. Um, but it is great to get your feedback. Love to know what you think of CES. Why is this something that has inspired you in any way? Is uh, uh, which is your favourite gadget you've seen? It doesn't have to be on EFTM coverage. It could be anywhere. Um, what what's excited you most about CES 2017? Which product has made you go, "Hey, I need to get one of those." Um, what's the what's the thing that makes you go, "I um, oh, I got to save up now." Um, that's a problem for a lot of people because you end up spending more money than you want. But this is where those um, those product decisions can be made. And if you start planning now, you might you might get the thing uh, well before it becomes available. You get the money ready. So um, some of these products won't be seen till Christmas. Uh, the TVs will probably be seen in just a month or two. Other products are available now. So it all depends on the product. Some of them will never see the light of day. Let's, let's be honest. Some of those Kickstarter-style products, the Umbrella, I don't know what the hell's going on with that thing. Uh, if you haven't seen my Today Show crosses, um, I covered probably 15 different gadgets and, and uh, themes on the Today Show this week. Uh, all those clips are on our in our video blogs and on YouTube. Just go to youtube.com forward slash EFTM online. Loads of video content there. Um, and we'd love you to share. I'm not begging. I'm just suggesting that it's very useful. Uh, it's, it's, it's the way that when you see something you love, you can share it with people you know um, and they can get to enjoy the cool stuff too. So feel free to share the videos. Feel free to share the articles because uh, it's great to see um, more people uh, find and embrace the content that we've worked so hard to produce uh, here at CES, CES 2017. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Joining me in the studio, Benice from the CTA. Lovely to have you here. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me today. Day four. Yes. It all ends today. 
at all. Well, I wouldn't put it that way. <laughs> this convention ends today, but yeah. um, technology will keep on going. Oh, good call, good call. <laughs> how, how do we rate uh, 2017 CES? Um, we obviously don't have numbers and all those kind of stats yet, but uh, at, a, at a base level, has it been bigger, more successful? How does it feel? Definitely um, bigger in terms of net square footage. Yep. Um, we had... Right. Exactly. We had 2.6 million net square footage, um, which can be translated to, converted to 240,000 net square meters. Um, So it's a pretty big um, exhibit area with more than 3,800 companies um, throughout the four days. So it's it's, it's definitely your biggest show ever. And what does that count? Because obviously you've got companies that have hotel room space and things like that. Does that only count ex- exhibition space or does it count people who have, I don't know, suites at the Venetian and stuff? Because yeah. we get invited to all those things. I just don't know what right. it counts. No, no. So our square footage does not include wow. that. Yeah. Um, only um, exhibit space that has been so purchased. Sands, yeah. So sands, like the um, Tech West and those kind of exactly. specific areas. So if it's on the map, it's part of the It's part, it's part of, of the show. In, but we do not count the hundreds of... Um, space that has been booked for um, meetings and yeah. and CES what a lot of people don't realize is that it we have the companies exhibiting but on the back end there is so much more going on we have um, government leaders that are here um, to you know discuss policy we had several conferences yeah. that discussed that and actually the um, um, Francois um, Fillon the um, well one of the contenders for the French presidency mm-hmm. Um, that might not relate to your audience, but that's how big, that's how big it is. It is, yeah. So he's here. Um, he was here um, this it's week. It's interesting because it's you know you've got um, government officials, there's celebrities here, celebrities, um, and, yes. and a lot of that is a lot of that is product uh, alignment. Um, you know, some 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 have affiliations with companies, and that's why they're here. But then one of the questions I've been asking people I've been interviewing with all week is the relevance of CES. Because I kind of got this feeling in the last six months that a lot of media mm-hmm. um, felt like CES wasn't as relevant as it was, you know, certainly in the last 50 years. Because we don't get these huge, huge announcements that now are staggered all throughout the year. Mm-hmm. But when I speak to people who are retail buyers, distributors, and the organizations themselves, mm-hmm. CES feels more relevant than ever. Yes, I definitely think, and the association thinks that CES is more relevant than ever because... Um, technology keeps on growing and yes we have um, companies that announce big that make big announcements throughout the year but they this show um, allows them to meet and form connections and network and big companies and one of the biggest areas on our show floor is Eureka Park so it's the startup area where you know new companies disruptive um, people you know, ideas, ideas yeah. come to life, and you, we have the bigger companies go to Eureka Park to see what these startups yeah. are um, doing, and you know they connect, they um, do business, they even buy these ideas um, to you know yeah. advance the mission, I guess, of technology, and so that makes CES more relevant than ever to bring this technology forward to keep the the innovation going. Mm. Do we now? I mean, it's 50th anniversary. I've got to be honest. Um, it didn't. I didn't. I didn't remember to think about the 50th anniversary throughout the last five days. But it's been ever present in, in my mind in the lead up. It's a big deal to have a show like this for it's 50 a huge years. And deal. out the front, you've got the wall to look back at the uh, the product launches and innovations that occurred here. 
all the way back to I think the 1967 um, on the on the board. It's the mouse, which was. <laughs> Still another 16 years before it was commercialised by Apple. But, you know, these are the technologies that we may not know what it is this year that was the thing, mm -hmm. but every year there's something. There's, yeah, and throughout these 50 years, um, more than 700,000 um, products have seen the light through CES. Yeah. The VCR, um, 3D printing, mm. um, television well not the concept no. of television but you know the all the different uh, evolutions of television and 3d printing is a good example too whether, right. whether it was five or ten years ago whenever it was but now we've got a 3d printed car exactly uh, and i and walked by it to come know, here today who would have no would have no thought? one could exactly. have foreseen such a thing so then tell me about the process for cta who run ces ces is a, is a, is a you know, four-day event with press days before it uh which seems small, but it obviously takes a whole year to organise. And then you've got other uh, events throughout the year in other countries. What is the focus of CTA? Is it to promote consumer technology or support consumer technology companies? Yes. Yeah, so it has both components. So the mission of CTA is to advance um, technology, right. whether through policies, whether um, by, you know, giving um, companies a platform to grow and mm. to make connections. So this is what we spent our year working on. And um, aside from CES, we do have international events that we put together throughout the year to bring that same excitement yep. to different areas of the world and kind of introduce areas that might not have as much access to the show and tell them about you know what goes on here in January and yep. kind of entice them to come and take part of it. Yeah, Las Vegas Convention Center is enormous, but as I understand it, they own the block across the road and they're going to build it even bigger. Yes. Does that mean that the show floor just gets bigger? Um, that's the hope. <laughs> I cannot speak to that right yeah. now. And I guess we're going to have to wait and see. But the space that we cover yeah. um, now You'll is put people wherever they're willing impressive. to go. If they're willing to go there, you'll put them. Yeah, well, if we're willing to walk there, they'll go there. <laughs> well, our mission is to support um, and, yeah. you know, and work to you know grow this yeah. industry. So... We're going to do whatever is necessary. I feel like this uh, 2017 CES was uh, more successful or more uh, more interesting, perhaps, than uh, the last two years. I think the last two years have been a bit stagnant, it's certainly in terms of the big companies, the televisions and things like that. I think LG um, is the showstopper in terms of that television, and that's what's elevated it to that level again and makes it feel like uh, it's got mass consumer appeal again. But then you know, with your autonomous cars and the smart home, those three things together, television, autonomous cars and smart home, top three, top tier things, while ever they still continue to be here and innovate, and I think probably the autonomous car and smart home will take over television in terms of its relevance, it's going to be a big show for some time to come. Yeah, so um, these areas that were here last year hmm. came back this year bigger yeah. and better. The show floor grew, um, and the announcement this throughout this week were just you know, futuristic yeah. and, you know, will definitely change the industry. But what I think is the biggest um, story here is the fact that, you know, we see the increase in connectivity. Yeah. We see the application of IoT um, at CES. So before we had an area of the show floor, just, you know, the IoT marketplace. Um, but now everything is connected yeah there's no need and for that anymore <laughs> exactly so and you can see that trend here 
where um, cars are more connected, yeah. um, smart um, devices. Um, you know, you can um, open your front door through your smartphone. Yep. Um, your fit, not, you know, your um, wearables yeah. and, you know, things that track your sleep. And we have a new market uh, marketplace this year, Sleep Tech. Wow. Um, last year, we didn't have that. Yeah. And the technology for it is growing. And now we have a whole marketplace dedicated to yeah. it. Um, and I think this is a great story. Also, um, in con- unconventional tech companies, right. um, well, not tech companies, but unconventional companies are here exhibiting at CES that, you know, with, that's a tech show. Like yeah. Carnival is here. Yeah. A Carnival is a cruise ship, yeah. but they're here because... <laughs> they're, they're trying to change the way people understand the technology that can enable uh, a better better cruise. Exactly. So yeah. it makes... It goes to show you that technology is impacting our whole lives. Like every different sector, yeah. technology is in it. Um, cars. Um, yeah. You know, Expedia is here. Um, yeah. Under Armour yeah. is here, so it's it's a. I think it's a great story, and we're headed towards a really tech-friendly future. <laughs> and I'm 2017 is just the start of that. Um, CS, a great show again. Uh, thank you to you and all the CTA team for their support for what we do and how we put in our coverage. It's been a big year. You'll I hope get some rest in the days ahead <laughs> before you just switch over to 2018 and begin the planning. I guess. Well, rest is definitely the hope. Thank you for having <laughs> me today, and. For anyone who's not here or who didn't wasn't able to make it, definitely go on our website, ces.tech, T-E-C-H, and you can catch up on everything that was introduced here this week. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap. We can pack up the studio um, after we've walked the show floor, but CES 2017 is almost over. Uh, by the time you listen to this, it probably will be. We'll be... Um, Driving our way across the desert back to LA. We'll try and have some fun on the way too. Um, before we jet home on Virgin Australia, who we love. Uh, and uh, can't wait to, to see my kids, to be honest. FaceTime's great, but a cuddle's always good. Um, big thank you to uh, Samsung, Hisense, Sony, Intel, 360Fly, Alcatel, Nissan, Vodafone, Huawei, LG. People that contributed in some way or another in small or large to our uh, EFTM uh, coverage and advertising over the last few months that is what leads up to uh, CES being such a big thing for us thank you to uh, Rob Locke and Peter Alexiadis uh, for their help behind the scenes, thank you to uh, Jeff Quattromani, to the Bowen uh, to Nick Healy, to Doug McDougall but most importantly to Jeff Quattromani who has done just an enormous amount of work here at CES um, to make sure that we could bring you the amount of content that we have on EFTM, it's all available on the website eftm.com.au, you'll have to scroll back to find it all but it's all there and uh and it's great stuff there's a lot of really cool articles and, and topics there for you to read uh and uh and yeah it's um it's been a pleasure being here it's been a pleasure presenting um the the show and the shows that we've done for episodes of two blokes talking tech i i absolutely uh, guarantee you that you could listen to these two shows plus those four and not feel much um overlap at all because, um, you know, Stephen and I chin-wagging chin about products is very different to me interviewing people about products and, uh, and, the, and the show. So a lot of great content there for you, as well as the videos on the YouTube channel, all the tweets and whatnot. So thank you for your support. Feel free to send us a tweet to say hi and, and give us your feedback. It's been awesome. CES 2017 is coming to a close, but I can guarantee you we'll be back in 2018. <laughs>